Strokes. Births. Traffic accidents. War injuries. Household accidents. Therapy. Rehabilitation as well as routine checks. Care for chronic illnesses. Sick leave. Medication. Safe drinking water. We always need health care. Sometimes it's just a question of the quality of life. But sometimes the quality of this care also decides about life and death. Welcome to Breaking Paradigms, a podcast where we talk about global perspectives on spatial planning in practice and theory by Constance Frech and Sarah Kouchy. Healthcare is an economically highly relevant and often hotly debated topic. The organization of the healthcare system and all matters connected to it, such as sanitation provision, insurance or rescue services, are structured differently around the world. The healthcare system exists in the tension between privatization and being a public good, between accessibility and affordability, efficiency and quality of care. But not only hospitals or other health facilities contribute to the health of the population. Much more fundamental than restoring health is maintaining it. Crime and violence play an important role in public health. The health of marginalized communities and women is especially affected. If you want to know more about the role of spatial planning in crime prevention, listen to our previous episode on CIPTED. An even more basic point of maintaining health is the supply of safe drinking water, sanitary facilities and the disposals of wastewater. According to UN Habitat, 3 out of 10 people do not have access to safe drinking water. 6 out of 10 do not have access to safely managed sanitation services and 1 out of 9 practice open defecation. Of course, this has a major impact on the spread of diseases, epidemic and pandemic outbreaks, like H1N1, more commonly known as swine flu in 2009, the Ebola outbreaks 2014 to 2016, and most recently COVID-19. Among those fighting these outbreaks is UN Habitat, together with other NGOs through various projects. An example of such projects is the WASH, Water Sanitation and Hygiene Program. The United Nations Development Program, the United Nations Children's Fund, the World Health Organization and the United Nations Human Settlement Program have established a joint program entitled Water Sanitation and Hygiene in Disaster-Prone Communities in Northern Ghana using a pass-through modality. In the WASH program, more than 3.7 million people benefited from improved access to water and sanitation through UN Habitat-supported field demonstration projects in Egypt, Nepal, Ghana, Iraq, Jordan, Myanmar and Sri Lanka. More than 200 water operators' partnerships improved water service delivery through strengthened capacity 
under the Global Water Operators Partnership Alliance. By the end of 2018, over 39 million people globally have benefited from improved access to water and sanitation services through improved policies and strategies for efficient operations and maintenance of water and sanitation systems supported by the Global Water Operators Partnerships. An important topic where spatial planning plays a decisive role in the healthcare system is the spatial distribution of healthcare facilities. This is on the one hand a question of accessibility and on the other hand of economic efficiency. In emergencies, in particular, it is necessary that hospitals can be reached quickly and reliably. On the other hand, investing in specialized medical equipment is very cost-intensive and purchasing it might only be cost-efficient if it is needed frequently and may not be financeable for smaller hospitals. Like many other social infrastructure, the distribution of hospitals, clinics, pharmacies, etc. can be explained using Cristela's theory of central locations. Disclaimer. Discussing Cristela's connection and involvement with the NS regime would go beyond the scope of this episode, but we will link information in the description. The theory of central places, in a nutshell, is about the distribution of social and administrative facilities in a hierarchical system. A hierarchy level is assigned to a place depending on its importance and size. This theory can be understood best by concrete examples. Let's take education. While kindergartens are often already available in small villages, elementary and middle schools might just be available in the next small town, and universities are only found in large cities. The situation of healthcare facilities is similar in many places. During our research, we came across a map of Sri Lankan hospitals that illustrates this theory in practice. There are eight general hospitals in Sri Lanka, large specialized clinics. These are located in the major cities and some are concentrated in the metropolitan area of Colombo, the largest city on the island. In addition, there are around 30 base hospitals in smaller cities and many smaller district hospitals all over the country. We will link the map in the description of this episode. Especially countries with state-organized and financed health systems often have similarly structured healthcare systems. Why does this structure make sense, or is it even necessary? Large hospitals with highly specialized clinics require very specialized infrastructure and very well and specifically trained staff. Synergies between research and teaching are often used in university hospitals. These medical knowledge hubs exist almost exclusively in large metropolises. But it can also have distribution-related reasons. Particularly complex and rare treatments are bundled in one place in order to be able to use both specialist knowledge, personnel and devices, treatment options or medication more frequently. On the one hand, this is a question of economic efficiency and, on the other hand, security through routine. 
treatments and interventions become safer when the personnel who perform them are confronted with such tasks more regularly. Therefore, bundling in specialized clinics makes sense in terms of cost and quality. In rural areas in particular, there are also smaller hospitals that often cover and have to cover a large number of specialities. This is important because specialist medical care must also be guaranteed in the periphery. Here, however, it is important to carefully weigh up which treatments can be carried out and for which there is too little routine. In such cases, the logistical interaction with patient transport organizations by ambulance or helicopter plays a decisive role in order to be able to transfer patients to large clinics for more specific treatments if necessary. However, general practitioners and advice or medication from a pharmacist need to be available at a much higher frequency. Everyone gets the common cold or other harmless illnesses at times. Since this happens frequently and requires little technical equipment, general practitioners practice and pharmacies are often the most important basic medical care in our region, especially in rural areas. Whether in a metropolis of millions or in a small village, the general practitioner is also the first point of contact when it comes to clarifying all possible symptoms. She diagnoses the disease and determines the next steps in treatment, possibly at different locations or a specialist. In some countries, this initial consultation is even compulsory, as the resident doctors have a kind of doorkeeping function for hospitals, and referrals from the resident sector are mandatory. Resident general practitioners are therefore the basis of a comprehensive health system, especially in the periphery. This shows the importance of resident doctors, especially rural doctors. They are important contacts for health issues. Their migration to the metropolitan areas or the lack of medical or nursing staff, while rural population is aging at the same time, is an increasing problem in the global north. The health environment in the global south is even more systemically challenged, as both medical staff and infrastructure, especially in rural areas, often simply don't exist. They are confronted with further challenges like lacking road access, safe drinking water, reliable electricity and so on. We will look at practices from the Global South in detail in upcoming episodes. We will discuss the topic of public health from various perspectives in our upcoming episodes, with interview partners and more in-depth research. As Constanze works in the field of public health, and also has a background in the medical field, she will also share some of her experiences and how they relate to the intersection with spatial planning. As health is a broad and intersectional topic, please let us know in the comments or message us what parts you are most interested in. This was Breaking Paradigms by Constanze Frey and Sarah Couchier. Be part of the conversation. If you like what we do, consider supporting us and join our Patreon community. Connect with us on Facebook, YouTube and at breakingparadigms.org. 
Content and Editing by Constance Fe and Sarah Couchet. Sound Design by Didac Barroso and Florian Frey.